Good morning. Well, I'm having fun. How about you? Man, what a great time in worship and prayer. Amazing. Karen's on fire this morning. Karen, thank you so much for that honor, but I want to give it right back to you. Just, It's easy to invest in a generation that's so hungry for the Lord and wanting to press in and make their mark on the kingdom, and that's uh, God's call on their lives. So it's so fun to make sure that they're empowered, and I understand that uh, the young adult and youth worship night was off the hook on Friday night, and she preached a great word we're going to hear in a few weeks uh, as well, preach again. So uh, yeah, we're thankful for Karen and all that she does. I want to give uh, our online, we have a few people, Mike and uh, Marie uh, Murpah. Uh, Mike, I know you're struggling with some things health-wise today. We want you to know we're standing with you and praying. You're part of the community, even though you're uh, part of the online community. And uh, we just love so much all of you that are watching today online as well, those of you that are in the room. We've been, uh, there are, you can see on the screen there are a number of prayer requests that will go up. If you have a prayer request during the week, you can go on our webpage, uh, hcfcornwall.ca um, backslash prayer. Uh, there's a tab for it, uh, if you can find it that way. And you can submit prayer requests. And then uh, also, if you want to be praying for people, uh, you can sign up to, be a, uh, to receive those prayer requests and to join us as we pray all through the week as well is on Sunday. Well, this is part two of our series called Beautiful Community. As we've kind of carved out for 2023, uh, we had two goals. One, that we returned to two services, which we're well on our way to uh, logistically to do that. Again, thank you so much for participating in the survey a couple of weeks ago. And uh, last week we, so yeah, so we, we um, two services, and then connection, that we want to be uh, a church that's connected. And last week we looked at the scripture as we went to the Lord's table that many were sick, they were dying prematurely in the church of Corinth because they did not discern his body. They didn't understand that they needed to be connected. Say connected. And I showed you from the scriptures that to the degree that his body is connected in local churches. So we open our lives from the Old Testament, the principle, the life is in the blood, the life flow, the spirit flow of the Holy Spirit moves from person to person through our connections. And so to the degree that we are a connected church is the, to the degree we will see Holy Spirit move, miracles happen. Um, it doesn't happen independent of Jesus still on the earth, but not his physical body, his spiritual body, the local church. And so uh, we've dedicated the summer series uh, to talking about connection. We want to discern his body. We want to see the power of the Holy Spirit uh, here in Cornwall like never before. Uh, we're just getting started, and uh, we're thankful for all that God's doing, but we know there's more. Somebody say more. more. There's more. All right, I want to look at a parable today, and... Uh, just talk about uh, this idea of encouragement and what it's about and uh, how we want to be a, a community that understands encouragement. And then he told this parable. Christina or, or Aaron, Aaron, could you get dad a bottle of water? Actually, the one in your hand will work great. Can dad have that one? Thanks, pal. Good throw, buddy. Sound guys, I'm getting a rumble. I don't know if it's through an amp or through speakers or 
Oh, it's the kids. Tell those kids to stop rumbling. And then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. I'll just pause there for a second. You ever feel like you're out of place in life? Like you just, like as hard as you try, you don't belong. Uh, and I think all of us in our uniqueness uh, realize, you know, just sometimes feeling out of place. We want the house of God to be a place where everybody belongs and has a place. And a fig tree would stand out as a little obscure, a little different. A fig tree in a garden. And he went to look for fruit on it, but he didn't find any. And so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then we'll cut it down. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the beautiful community of your body, the local church, Lord, as we lean into it over these months, understand, Lord, as we're connected, there's a power that gets, uh, that's through us, not just to each other, but, Lord, to be able to offer grace to this world that desperately needs to know that you love them and died for them. Lord, so help us throughout the summer, we pray. And today, as we look at your word, in Jesus' name, everyone said, we all want to grow. I mean, growing is a necessity in life. It's a necessity. Um, anything that's alive is, is to be growing. And we want to grow, and I want to be a better husband. I, I, Christine and I will celebrate 40 years uh, just in a few weeks. And uh, yeah, thank you. I want to be a better husband, a better dad, a better papa. Uh, we want to grow as employees. We want to grow as employers if you uh, have your own business. We want to grow as Christ followers. We want to be growing in the things of God and in kingdom realities. And growth really is expected. And as we look at this parable, there's a, a, an, ex, an inspection of the tree. We're going to see that today the tree is our lives. Uh, you and I are expected to grow. Say grow. There's an expectation. We're coming to look for fruit, fruitfulness, an expectation for growth. Well, all of us have an expectation that we want to do better in life. We want to be better in life. And yet our reality is, as we kind of look at where we want to be and where we are, there's a gap. And the gap troubles us because we're aware of it. We want to grow. We want to get to the potential. But very often we find it very difficult to do that. I want to break 90 in golf, but I always shoot over 100. I want to weigh this much, but I'm 40 pounds heavier than that. Fruitfulness in our life is when we grow and achieve the goals that we're expecting, that we reach the growth marks that we would look for in our life, and the gap between our expectation and our reality begins to close. And we're aware today as Christ followers that it happens by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, but many of us Many of us have not experienced the, uh, the, the closing of that gap, and there is a frustration of not being fruitful. We're, expect, we're inspecting our lives. We really want things to change. We're working so hard at it. We make all the New Year's resolutions. We buy all the new books. We memorize the scriptures. We pray harder. We do all the more, only to find out that we're really stuck and we're not closing the gap. He said, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit. Three years is a long time. 
looking for fruit on this tree, and I haven't found any. Three years. We call this bad time. Time when we're frustrated, trying to change, you know, investing energy to change, making the New Year's resolutions, doing all of the things we're told to do, doing it harder, doing it more, and yet we don't experience the change. Years go by, and it's bad time because there's no growth even though we're trying. There's an investment even though there's no change. Bad time. And it's bad because as time goes on, the enemy convinces us not only that we can't change, change is impossible. We're looking at the story today of the fig tree that in a vineyard of all places, feeling a little out of place, an inspection for fruit, we all should expect growth and we all want it. What are we doing? Why is it not happening? A voice says, cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Poor excuse for a tree. You've tried, that's it, it's over, we're done, cut down the tree. And as we read this parable today, we need to understand whose voice that is. For many of us, we have a voice in our head that's the judge, a voice that judges us harshly, tells us we're not trying hard enough, reminding us every single time we fail. You can get it 50 times right, but that one time, and it just feels like shoots and ladders. Um, and you, you, you finally, I was playing, playing with Reagan this week, and uh, she always beats me. I always hit the snake right before. I'm just so close. And then all the way down back, back again. And some of us live life that way. And there's a judge in our head that tells us, that's it, go back to, go, go back to the beginning. You, you did good, but not good enough. As we're trying to serve God under the law, as we're trying to obey the law, with the law comes a judge. And the voice of the judge uh, could be your own voice. It could be uh, the voice of your parents that maybe were very... Um, you know, had a voice of judgment and shame and, and, and just kind of you, you were made to feel that you were never going to be good enough. You were never going to achieve. You were never going to quite get there. Cut it down. Cut it down. That's in a spirit and in an atmosphere of judgment. Judgment produces a sentence and the sentence cut it down. Basically, it's over. Say it's over. There's not going to be any growth <laughs> if you cut your life down. If it's cut down, fruitfulness is no longer possible. God's heart is that we would be fruitful. God is also expecting that there would be change in our life, but God isn't judging us as we're going to see. The voice of the judge comes from the place of the law. In fact, it's the enemy using the law to whack us over the head to tell us about our failure. Scriptures are clear that if the law could save a man or a woman, it would have. Jesus needed to come to fulfill the law. And we're going to see as we look through this uh, a parable today that we want to build environments in our beautiful community called Harvest that is shame off and it's judgment free. Because as long as judgment is present and the sentence cut it down, fruitfulness is impossible. And if you've lived under judgment, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you grew, grew up in a, uh, even in some religious um, genres of, of strict legalism, 
And it's not about he who the sun sets free is free indeed, but it's don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And if you have enough of those, maybe, possibly, perhaps, God will like you. And God likes me more than he likes you because I do more of these things. And it's this really pharisaical kind of approach of earning our way to God. But grace is you can't earn it, you don't deserve it. And as we translate that over to create atmospheres and environments of grace, cut it down can't be a part of that. And I don't want that part of my life. I don't want that for your life. And as you will see, as you see, cut it down is so final, there could never be growth. As long as there is judgment, growth is impossible. In a judgment environment, where I stand as judge over you, or you stand judge over me, we stand judge over each other, or the, own, the judge in our own head that judges us and keeps reminding us that we're failing, we'll never grow. We have to remove judgment. Judgment will keep us trying harder with no change, and it creates bad time. Judgment has to do with the laws I already said, and the book of Romans tells us that it's actually Satan's voice that uses the law to confront us with our shortcomings, to tell us you are a lawbreaker, to which we should just say, correct. I am a lawbreaker, but Jesus fulfilled the law for me. We'll follow that through in a second. Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. There's a voice in the story of an advocate one who's advocating for the tree, one who's advocating for our growth, one who desperately wants the gap to be closed in your life and in my life. Sir, stop the judgment. And that voice is Jesus who comes to say, hold off on judgment. We're living in a time of his grace, his grace that says, I offer you salvation, I offer you a way to overcome the shortcoming. We all want to be fruitful, but fruitfulness is impossible under judgment, but it is possible in grace as he gives us what we need to grow. And we do want to grow, but not under bad time. We're going to see, but under good time. So Jesus is the voice in the story of being our advocate that stops the judgment. Dear children, uh, first, uh, excuse me, not first, yeah, First John chapter 2. I write this so you'll not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Say advocate. Somebody whose voice says we have stopped the judgment. Now, how did Jesus stop the judgment? How did he advocate to the Father who... God is holy. God is just. We're born sinners. We're born separated from God. We are born deserving God's wrath, his judgment, hell fire, all of it. We deserve that because of sin. But Jesus advocated and said, Father, stop the judgment. And how did the Father stop the judgment? He didn't stop it in finality, but shifted it from you and I to Jesus. Watch. But if anyone does sin, we will have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. I wish I had time to unpack. If you have a New King James Version or another version, it might have the word propitiation, which is actually a theological word, atoning sacrifice, atonement, at one with God. Atonement. We break it down. What does it mean? We were separated. God's wrath was on you and I. 
But Jesus went to the cross and God put his wrath on Jesus for all sin, for all, all mankind. Uh, he, he placed his anger and his wrath on Jesus. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He endured judgment, God's judgment, his father's judgment for you and I. Atonement, atonement, propitiation, this word means to turn away from. God turned his wrath away from you and I. He turned his judgment for sin away from mankind and placed it on Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all judgment, all of God's anger, all of his wrath placed on Jesus on the cross. He didn't save up a little bit for you or for, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That's called the gospel. It's the good news. And there are some Christians who desperately want God to save up a little anger. Just to, you know, to, to, to lightning bolt, you know, you'll hear about, oh, God's judgment's gonna come on, and you're gonna, and that, that people group, and that group, and that, oh, God's judgment's coming. There is a day of finality of judgment. There's no question. And judgment is final. Cut it down. It is final, but we're not living in the day of finality. We're not living in that day where, where uh, it, it's all done, cut it all down. We're not there. We're living in a day where Jesus atoned, the Bible says, sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. And the whole world needs to hear that God isn't angry with them, that God isn't judging them but he holds out instead his love and a solution to separation of sin by receiving that atonement, by receiving, I've turned away, I'm, I'm facing, God didn't turn his back, we turned our back on God. I say it this way all the time, and God's following us. Repentance from sin is to simply to turn around, I'm not going my own way, change how I think about God, and he's right there. <laughs> he's right there. Ho! Oh. <laughs> And some, some will teach you, oh, no, 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 you've got to really kind of earn your way to God. You have a journey to get back to God. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That, that, that is a pharisaical law approach which counteracts everything the Scriptures just said about God, Jesus atoning for sin. All right, so we have an advocate that's atoning. We have, in, in, a, in the beautiful community of the body of Christ, should be uh, shame off and free of judgment. Love, uh, and so Jesus loves us to our potential. That's how he, the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will love you and love me to our potential. He will not judge you to your potential, but love you to your potential. So we still have the gap, all right? You and I still have the gap. I still want to break 100. Uh, we still want to lose weight. We still have areas of our life, uh, marriages, uh, um, addictions, whatever it might be. We want to grow. We want change to happen. How does God love us to our potential? Leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. This is not one year, 12 months, but it's a growing season in Palestine, which would actually account for a number of times when there could be flowering, fruitfulness, a seed, flowering, fruitfulness, seed. So a number of growth cycles. Uh, leave it alone 
for one year, for several growth. Allow growth to take place, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, Jesus in our life, God the Father, God the Son, all the Trinity working together for us and with us. And I'll dig around it, and I'll fertilize it. Bad time is painful. And if you've experienced bad time of just cycles in your life of not being able to overcome, not being able to break through, and perhaps you've been trying to earn your way. Perhaps you've been trying to please God. You thought, maybe if I could just do this, God would love me a little more. Good news this morning. He can't love you any more than he loves you right now. He won't love you any less for anything that you do. Uh, he loves you where you're at, and he wants to close the gap. How does it happen? To leave it alone and begin digging and fertilizing. And let's look at this. So bad time won't produce any fruit, but good time will but good time's painful too. Good time, say good time. A year, growth cycles. And allow the Holy Spirit to dig into your roots. Ooh, I don't like it when Holy Spirit wants to go for my roots. <laughs> the stuff that really has happened in our lives where we've sinned or we've been sinned against and there's been a shaping, there's been a, a predisposition towards something and, and it's in our root system and by ourselves, we are not able, I don't care how many self-help books that you read, but I'll tell you what, you be in a worship service and you give the Holy Spirit permission to dig in my root. I want to go into a season, Lord, of dealing. I want to close the gap. You love me to my potential. Holy Spirit, begin to dig into the root system of who I am and find out the truth. Find out the truth. Of, I want to know the truth about who I am. And it can be painful. You're standing in worship and the Lord will just, that, you know, I've been, I've been dealing, perhaps you've been dealing with um, fear, anxiety, anger. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will point to something and go, here's what I want to deal with. An area of unforgiveness in your life. It's in your root system. Maybe you come from a family line that holds grudges, and man, we just don't forgive. Man, uh, Grandpa went to the grave not forgiving half his family. Why? Because there's something in the root system. The root system that's rooted down into a, not a healthy place, but an unhealthy place. And, and so God said, we're going to start digging around your root system. We're going to fertilize, and we're going to close the gap. It can be painful. I uh, typically don't go barefoot. Uh, I've never just, I've just never liked it except if we're on a beach somewhere. It has to be a Caribbean beach. I find local beaches, I don't know, they don't even look like beaches, but if the, if the sand is wide and, you know, the ocean, and, and I'll go barefoot. But otherwise, I've just never really liked the feel of that. And, uh, and uh, just last week, we were doing some work on a, a deck that needed some board replacements, and uh, there was a lot of weathering, and, and, and I, I don't even know why. I was, I was barefoot. And uh, I got a splinter. And man, it, it was really bothering me. It was really affecting the way I was walking. And it was on the bottom of my foot. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. So I asked Christina, would you have a, a look? And she was, well, I don't see anything. I said, well, just take your finger and kind of move it on my foot. Ah! Right there, right there. And she, and this, this, she got this grin on her face. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can get that. And then, you know, it's gonna, we're going to do the big squeeze now. See if we can squeeze it. Ah! You know, she's squeezing it, and like, she's like, oh, stop being a baby. And she's squeezing it, and she goes, just a minute. And then she goes get implements, like weapons. So she wants to dig in there and get it out. So I go, oh, I think you got it. I think you got it. And, uh, and she did. She pulled something out. She goes, oh, that's all it was? Um, and she dug. I couldn't do it, right? I needed somebody else. And she dug in, and it hurt. 
It was good pain because it solved, it solved the issue in my walk. Yeah? So good, 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 good pain is, uh, is necessary. Um, so we're digging in, and that's not your husband or your wife that digs into your emotional, and the Holy Spirit does that. Say Holy Spirit. And you give him permission. And you start to just to make it each day as you come before him. Say, Lord, will you begin digging around my root system? Here's an area that I want fruitfulness in. Here's an area that I want to close the gap. Will you help me identify? Now, as we'll see, it may grow to save people in safe places that have demonstrated a, that they're for you and not against you. They don't have a spirit of judgment, but they want to love you towards your potential as well. And, and as we begin to develop those kinds of relationships in the beautiful community, we're going to see how this works. See, we all come from the factory missing pieces. We all come from the factory missing pieces. Fertilizer. I put lots of nitrogen on my lawn because I like it to grow. And, uh, and the more nitrogen, the better. As the greener it gets and the thicker it gets, and it just looks Wonderful. I just, the few short weeks we have, I just, I'm just one of those freaky lawn people. But you put, um, you put Miracle Grow on your tomatoes because you want them to reach their potential. You put them on your flowers, fertilizer. What is fertilizer? Fertilizer is adding to the plant what it cannot produce for itself. It cannot produce it for itself. That's why you're giving it. But it's necessary for growth. If it doesn't have it, it doesn't reach its potential. It's not something out of the ordinary. It's actually meant to be, and uh, a soil gets exhausted because there's not enough additive. So we add what the plant can't do for itself. You following me? Say can't do for itself. You and I came from the factory missing parts. Think of a click pen, and there's a little one of those little refills in there. You know that has the ink in it. And that, let's just say from the factory, didn't come with an ink refill. And you can tell that pen the truth all you want. Hey, you don't have an ink refill. What is the matter with you? If you would fast and pray, you might get one. I'll even hold you accountable until you get your ink refill. Which is the most ridiculous understanding of accountability, which is why I want to end with you a little bit and talk about the connection and the beautiful community. You can shout at that pen. You can hold it, quote, uncountable all you want. By the way, when you think of the word, someone says, I'm going to be your accountability partner. I'm going to hold you accountable. How does that make you feel inside? Just that word. Ew. It's like, I got to go to the principal's office. Oh man, if I get it wrong, if I fail, I got to deal with you. And we call that accountability, that if you fail, you're going to deal with someone who's going to tell you that you failed, and they might delight in it a little bit, because it's very empowering to be somebody's accountability partner. Oh, you messed up this week, did you? Oh, I, I didn't. I had a great week. That's too bad. Very sorry. That you, well, what are you going to do about it now? We hold them accountable, which talks about sentencing. There's a judgment. You're bad. You blew it which isn't actually accountability at all. That's not accountability. If we talk about a judgment-free environment, and you and I come from the factory missing stuff, 
And Jesus, grace is when he gives to us what we cannot do for ourselves. Because if I could do these things by myself, I wouldn't need Christina to pull the splinter out of my foot. And he's designed the beautiful community that we would have need of each other. And in safe places with safe people, and that's, that takes time to prove it out, and all of us have experienced unsafe people, or we are an unsafe person. And we're all growing in this, but as we develop relationships in the beautiful community called his body, the Holy Spirit begins to dig into our root system. We begin to discover what's missing in our root system, and we say, Lord, I'm looking for the additives. Will you give me an ink refill? And this is how accountability can work in its proper um, in its proper understanding. Think of the last time you might have flown in an airplane. I don't know about you, but I, you know, it was just not that many months ago, and and um, and I didn't have the thought as I walked past where the pilots are sitting. Hey, Buster, I'm gonna hold you accountable if we go down. If this plane goes down, I'm holding you accountable. You understand that, right? Okay, just checking, checking to make sure you got your. Where's all your qualification? You got your qualification. Yeah, okay, go. I'm gonna hold you accountable. And who who else holds you accountable anyway? To being a good pilot, we we don't think about that. We get in the plane, and you don't hear a lot. I mean, there are plane crashes. It happens not very frequently. In fact, they say it's safer to fly than it is to drive. So we're not expecting failure. When we fly, anybody expecting failure other than Christina on takeoff and she squeezes my leg or coming down, she goes, I just don't like takeoff and landing. I go, I understand. Don't squeeze my leg. Um, it doesn't help the pilot. This is not helping the pilot right now. We don't think about that. But wow, is there a lot of accountability going on? Because that pilot has committed himself to a flight plan. And he says, "I'm go- we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Hi, this is your pilot speaking. We're going to make we're going to get there. It's going to be awesome. And there is an accountability cuz they they he's got a team of maybe 6, 10 people. Some are in the cockpit, some the stewardesses, some are in the flight the flight uh, towers. Others are 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 vectoring and making sure planes don't run into. It. There's a whole team that says, "We're committed to success." Say success. And so the pilot gets in the plane, they take off. And his altitude might just a little bit get down where, and a voice comes on, uh, Pilot Joe, your altitude is reading 100 uh, feet just out of, out of normal. Please adjust. Oh, yep. Thank you, Tower. And up he goes. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's going to be good. This flight plan. We're going to accomplish the flight plan. Hit some turbulence. Oh, from our position, uh, Tower, we're not sure what's going on. It's okay. The storm that you see, we see it from a different perspective. You're going to be out in about 10 minutes. Just hold your bearings. Just just keep on there. Uh, Roger that tower. Roger that. We're going to be successful. We're not going down, baby. We got a team that's working for everybody's success. You see, accountability scripturally means to answer to a trust. To answer to a trust. It doesn't mean, it's not after the fact punitive judging, oh, you failed again. Accountability one with another. We're going to look at one verse. I just have one verse today about encouraging. We're going to look at it in a second. 
is about understanding, first of all, environments of grace, environments that we're all missing something from the factory, uh, that as we enter into relationship with each other, we have grace for one another, and we begin to develop the flight plan. And I would encourage you, over if you've never even heard of a life plan or a flight plan for your life, an area where you want to close the gap, you and Holy Spirit decide what you would like it to be. And then you get a, a group of people, and this is how you find someone that you know is for you and not against you. Just have a coffee with them. And then open up and be just, just try a little vulnerability. So go, they go, hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I've had like the worst month of my life. And if they look at you and go, oh, listen, uh, uh, so do you play pickleball? Pickleball's kind of cool, right? And they get squeamish and they back out and they don't want to hear about your problem. That's not a person that you're going to develop vulnerability with and, and begin having someone who can be a part of your flight team. Now, you want that person. If the person responds, oh, man, listen, listen, that's nothing. I'll tell you what, I, 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 I know how to deal with that. Listen, sit down, sit down. First, we're going we're gonna to do a study of the book of James, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that, and I'll be your spiritual father. I'll be your spiritual father. You be my spiritual kid. And listen, and, and they start telling you what to do. Run for your freaking life. That is a codependent Christian that just wants people around them because they want to tell them what to do. And it makes them feel very important and it makes them feel very holy. And we love them and we're going to pray that their gap gets closed too. But if the person responds, wow, man, I'm really sorry, that sucks. Wow, yeah, I'm really sorry. that." And they, there's empathy and some understanding. And then you want to might, might have another coffee and try it again. And you begin to build some relationship we say, hey, um, listen, I've really been struggling in, in an area of my life, and I want a flight plan, and, and I've been praying to the Holy Spirit, I really believe. I, I had a lady um, uh, just email me this week, and she said, Pastor, I met with another lady, and we started talking about our husbands, and she said, um, I complain a lot about mine, and, and uh, we went through the Stacey Omeshi, Stacy, no, what's the lady's name that does the Pray for Your Husband series? Yeah, Stormy, 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 whatever her name is. Really good book. And she goes, and so it was just beautiful as I read it. And she said, I began to pray. So what she was describing, I had a flight plan. And then I partnered with this other wonderful uh, lady in our church that I love and is a cherished friend. And together, and she started, and so you start to have somebody that go, uh, your elevation is changing just a little bit. Just adjust. Why? Because we want to be for each other's success. That's true accountability. You said yes to a trust. And I have people that I do this with, and I'll say, hey, I'm working on this area. I'd like you to pray. And then just check in on me. Ask me how I'm doing. And then I can answer, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you how I'm doing. Or I'm doing really well. Or I really, I really need some help. So let's say, let's say um, somebody says, I want to go to the gym. And it's more than just go to the gym, get fit, that there's, there's an obesity issue. And there's something in the root system. They're medicating with food. And there's something in the root system. And they go, I want to lose weight. And so you start to talk to them about, you know, well, what, what, do, you want to, what, do, you, what do you want to do? I'd really like to start walking every day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's, let's agree that you could do that. And so after a few weeks, you find out they walked once. And they start, you, could, you can hear the excuses and all the, 
get an ink refill. I will check with you next week after you've walked 10 times in a row. I'm going to hold you accountable, you failure. Doesn't work. But what if you said, hey, I'm kind of a morning person and um, I like to walk. How about I come over to your house every morning at seven o'clock, I'll knock on your door and we'll walk together and we'll do this flight pattern together. They go, really, you would do that? Because really the hardest part is I just, I can't be consistent. Hey, you know, they say a new habit in about 30 days. So I'll commit to 30 days and then see if you can, okay. I would love that. That's called the beautiful community. Adding something, they, they, that person has probably never learned how to do a sustainable, because there's something in the root system keeping them from doing it. They, if they could do it by themselves, they would. We're not doing it for them. That's called codependency. We're not doing it for them. We can do it with them and together build a beautiful community and add the ingredients. Here's our verse. Therefore, <laughs> encourage one another. And that's a great word. You're doing a great job. I'm for you. I believe in you. All the things encouragement is. If I'm playing golf, I don't know why I'm thinking about golf. I haven't played for four years. I played last week and I think I'm getting the bug again just from playing once. And, uh, if I make a sucky shot, I don't want anybody to go, wow, that was a pretty good shot. Good job. I'm not into participation trophies. <laughs> My generation didn't do that. Oh, good job, everybody. No, it was sucky. I didn't do it well. I don't want encouragement for when I get it wrong. I do want encouragement for when I'm not, or for when I am getting it right. That's cool. So encourage one another and build each other up which is what I just all said. Build, give somebody the building materials that they need in their life to close the gap as we partner together in the beautiful community. Would you stand with me this morning? This morning, if you heard that and you go, oh, I don't have anybody like that in my life, don't have a pity party. You go find them. These things do not develop because you're the popular person and everybody gravitates you. Hey, I want to be your, I want to, I want to do life with you and form your flight plan. You want to be afraid of those people too. <laughs> These are people you take time and you make connections. Will it be with everybody? No, it won't be with everybody, but it'll be with some. As we're here this morning, we're just going to close in prayer in a moment. Oh, yeah, I went long. Um, I'll forgive that laughter. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know who you were. I didn't mean to mark you out. Yes, I did. Um, this morning, if you're here and you've never been connected to Jesus, I shared earlier on about that Jesus loves you and, he, and, and we're not to be afraid of God and we can come to God and ask him to forgive our sin and he'll welcome us into his family. Jesus died for the world, but we have to receive it personally ourselves. And if you'd like to do that today, I'd like just where you're standing, every head bowed and every eye closed. And Harvest, we, we know we do this each week. I'd like us all to pray together. Just I would invite you to pray this simple prayer, either online or here in the room, inviting Jesus into your life and receiving eternal life today. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. Thank, you thank you that you love me. That you I receive your love. I 
receive your love. Forgive my sin. Forgive my sin. I repent today. I repent today. From going my way. For going my way. Today I'm going your way. Today I'm going your way. Thank you. I receive you today. Thank you. I receive Amen. you today. We believe if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, that you're born again, you're receiving, uh, or the first time in a long time, you're receiving God's uh, love into your life. We're going to sing this song together, and I'll dismiss you in just a moment. missing in oh, prayer because okay. you do because you do it so good okay i'm gonna pray father we just thank you god thank for you today, jesus father for moments such as this god father as we go forward in this week father we'll take this word with us day by day father just bless everyone here this morning god bring us all back next week safely in your name we pray amen amen happy canada day everyone can we, we have our, have prayer our prayer our prayer team come, and if you'd like someone just to be with you today and believe for a breakthrough, our prayer team is ready to pray.